Welcome to Next Big Watt Radio, where one of India's longest-running media platforms documenting startups, technology, product, and digital transformation. We bring multiple lenses to entrepreneurship, scaling businesses, mindfulness, and much more. Our mission and mantra is singular: build, grow, repeat. Okay. So, uh, so welcome to the huddle, Chaitanya. Uh, uh, first of all, would love to know more about you uh, in terms of what has been your past life and uh, what have you done so far. Thanks for having me, Ashish. Uh, <clears throat> before starting uh, Wakefit, uh, I have done my engineering in computer science. Uh, then I worked as a software engineer, typical career path. Uh, worked in IBM, worked in uh, another company, Japanese company. It is now NTT Data. Uh, mm-hmm. I did my MBA from uh, ISB Hyderabad uh, in 2005, and post that for the next uh, six years or so, I was in management consulting. So very unrelated industry, uh, working and advising CXOs in uh, tech companies, uh, and predominantly spending time in the US and Canada. And uh, in 2011 and 2012 beginning uh, is when I quit and started did my first startup. Uh, that didn't last uh, even for 10 months. Uh, <laughs> the founders disbanded. The time horizons of what we wanted to do were different. We didn't see early results. So there were a lot of lot of reasons that I now know after eight years. But uh, that was a big learning. And then the second startup I did for another two two and a half years. Uh, from 2012 end to about 2015. <clears throat> uh, during that time, we that was a dating slash matrimony app. Um, also had something for couples uh, because we felt that when you're single, you're struggling to find a partner. When you are a couple, you're not doing enough quality things to build intimacy. Uh, so that was what we did. Uh, that pivoted into an online community for women, uh, where we got 40% of our members from the US. Wow. And that we did on a shoestring budget, uh, got to a million views a month, um, started working with brands for native content. Uh, but that uh, I realized I was doing it for survival, not for not out of passion. So it was just how it evolved and just to keep the company going. I was doing odd jobs, I was doing this. So finally took a hard call, it was heartbreaking. Uh, did that, shut it down and went back to jobs. Um, and I worked in a couple of companies in product, in research, and in operations. And in one of those companies is where I met my current co-founder, Ankit. Uh, and then this is my third startup and his second startup. And uh, I think everything that we are today, our previous experiences made us what we are. So starting a mattress company, right? I mean, that's like... You've been a hardcore software engineer, and every software engineer at the end of the day wants to start a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, if you ask any software engineer whether they're drunk or not, uh, eventually they are. I want to start a restaurant business, and you know, it's uh, our, I mean, pub slash restaurant. What's the thesis behind a mattress company? And first of all, uh, you know, I mean. Uh, I'm assuming that you did not have the technical expertise to kind of even evaluate. You're absolutely right. I think uh, I had no technical expertise in the field or to evaluate and I was not even angel investing back then to know different sectors, their pros and cons. 
but i think entrepreneurship is one of those fields where hard work really does not guarantee success uh, there are too many factors out of your control um, and because of that the first two ventures the one big thing that it taught me was uh, humility mm-hmm. absolute humility to say that you really don't know much uh, you have to be led by consumers you have to truly listen to them not some vanity metrics or numbers or metrics on an excel sheet Uh, so that that is what we had taught, and Ankit and I both had saved two three lakhs each. And my co-founder Ankit, he had the technical expertise of foaming. He was working with a German multinational, Bayer Chemicals, uh, where he was into foaming, and he was supplying the raw materials to all of the big mattress and automotive manufacturers for foaming. Okay. And he is the Marathi rookie. He had the understanding of chemistry and. Uh, and then if you look at my experience i had no product experience but i knew that he was very data oriented and he used to report to me in those one of those jobs that i told you and i had built communities on a shoestring budget so we said okay what is the worst that will happen uh, is that it's going to be a, a small lifestyle business what is the other thing worst that's going to happen from a money side we would have both lost another 2 to 2 lakhs uh, because that's what we had saved after losing everything in our previous startups mm-hmm. and he said let's just let us just be led by consumers wherever they take us and that's how it started simply we honestly did not have any grand ambitions uh, of how big it would become nothing so how did you convince your family slash you know even your uh, i mean how did you tell them that you know hey i'm starting a mattress company right because uh, typically it's considered a very non tech very traditional dhanda business right i think uh, you any good entrepreneur probably resonate with this uh, at some point you can't convince people your yeah. family your friends you have to show the conviction that you're going ahead with it and you also have to if, contribute to your family to whatever extent possible um, that is through odd jobs savings whatever else so that that day to day existence doesn't get impacted Uh, but beyond that, uh, you really cannot convince people. They are either on board or they will say, "Okay, let me see what happens." And after the third time, this is the third attempt. So my parents had sort of given up. They said, <laughs> "He will do what he wants to do." Uh, and entrepreneurship seriously is half courage and half stupidity. You you try again, you try again because you want to prove something to yourself. Um, so I don't think there was a phase where I had to push, but. I didn't have to push to convince them, but the key important thing is, even though they were not convinced, they always supported me. Uh, I said, "Okay, you need a little bit of money. You need a little bit of support. You need to. We need to be supportive of you to talk and understand. Uh, we may not understand what you're doing, but we will do what we can to be there for you. I think that yeah. is always taken." Yeah, I think they they have this whole notion that you know whatever you're doing, you know, will support you. Uh, So that brings me to the next question. How did you even validate the idea? I mean, let's go back to the early days. Uh, and I'm just curious because, uh, again, I I don't relate to a lot of non-tech environment. Uh, but uh, when you launch, a, you know, a product like a mattress, how do you even go and validate? You know, first of all, you believe that there is a certain technology angle to it in terms of foam. etc etc but do people care right uh, you know and sleep 
is uh, something which is sort of becoming popular i mean as a as a concept on twitter these days when you know you see a lot of usbcs talking about hey you need eight hours sleep you see novel talking about it right but uh, i'm talking about pre 16 when you know it was not even considered uh, you know water cooler conversation true true i think even in 2016 Hmm. Um, started off in 2015 uh, as a partnership because, like I had said, we burnt our fingers. We had done the whole nine yards, created private limiteds. We knew how difficult it was to start and shut down companies in India. So we just started off as a partnership and said, "Let's see where it goes." And like you rightly said, in tech, product market fit, observation, and testing is much simpler business. Yeah. You tweak a lot of features. You launch them. You put a lot of metrics. Observe them. Keep on doing that iteratively, and you see product market fit take off in a typical J curve. Um, but for us, uh, it involved a lot of in-person talking. It involved a lot of in-person home visits. Um, the first uh, few months, it used to be one order a day, one order every alternate day, and we didn't even have a manufacturing facility. Forget an R&D lab. Um, so we would uh, get an order, and we didn't even have a website. So we used to get an order on Amazon or somewhere else. And then we would call up this contract manufacturer and say, "Hey, this is the specification. This is the size. Can you manufacture?" Mm. And then we would go pick it up in Ankit's car, deliver it to the consumer's home, fold it, fold it up into the back seat, deliver it to the consumer's home, and then observe what they are saying. And then when we they, we would say that we have found us, they would be much much more receptive. Yeah, yeah. They would say, "Are they trying to struggle? They are trying to make something happen. Let me talk to them." A uh, lot of people would invite us home, give us chai. Just uh, give us advice, uh, but I think those hun- initial hundred odd customer visits were totally what defined us as a company. Uh, and the other past experience to say that humility to be led by them and not go with any of your hypotheses that will cloud your mm-hmm. judgment. Uh, those two things coming together sort of helped us. Uh, and those customers would give us feedback about every single thing, from the fabric to the packaging material. to how they would worry about what happens when a baby pees on the mattress uh, every single thing we have learned is through them literally every single thing uh, because mattress as a product uh, is very very uh, uh, r&d and science driven but people just uh, there is a element of temperature element of spinal alignment element of moisture and humidity and every single thing boils down to what materials you use in what permutations and combinations and those are literally infinite in number uh, so you can constantly keep trying and keep getting better because india itself is many countries within a country yeah yeah rajasthan's uh, dry heat is very different from a chennai's humid heat uh, jammu kashmir's temperature is very different from a bangalore's temperature right uh, and the product behaves very differently in all of these so it's been a tremendous learning experience and like you said we did this one customer at a time and biggest sales channel has been customer advocacy um, and that when when other people started convincing their friends their families that hey i bought this product and i'm sleeping well that is how the sales and the word of mouth picked up and the first one and a half years we didn't even have a marketing budget hmm we couldn't afford it honestly interesting so what went through the journey of so so you you know when you guys started there was like one mattress a day and now you are 1000 you know shipping 1000 mattresses a day right so 
what has been the growth curve like you know so was it like a you know very sequential i mean very uh, you know straight straight line curve or there was a sudden spike uh, you know because uh, i don't see a lot of you know hard uh, inorganic campaigns from wake fit in general uh, so 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 would love to know the overall split in terms of you know the, the journey itself um the journey has been very very organic um we have just put our heads down and focus on execution and every year we have seen either 3 or 4x of growth since our inception and uh, we have said we need to build an ebitda profitable business and we have been ebitda profitable from the first year of existence um because we did not want to leave the destiny of the company after all of these attempts on some whims and fancies of either investor investment life cycle or the tendency or sentiment of which is positive or negative for certain sectors at certain points in time so we had seen we had both seen that in the past so we said we will build it through word of mouth through the right fundamentals financially and through the right kind of delight uh, what i told you as the first few hundred customer visits became the dna of the company where even to this day when somebody buys a product uh, we call them we speak to them ask them if everything is okay find out what can be better and take that and feed it back into the product development team uh, so that uh, dna has really really served us well and imagine if we are talking to 1000 customers a day who are getting our products and we are learning from it that is the that's a gold mine of information for a direct to consumer yeah, yeah. Uh, so our growth has always been steady uh, we never had a spike in spending or spike in growth obviously like any other e-commerce company in india we uh, grow a lot during diwali time dasara diwali time is always a good time for e-commerce companies mm-hmm. but other than that annual spike every month has been a steady organic growth so uh, and essentially when you say word of mouth how do you even measure word of mouth you know how, how do you uh, uh, how do you you know so every every company uh, you know so we we would we would like to you know get word of mouth business right but how do you see this how do you even uh, measure whether you know so i mean one way to measure is you have a check box which says where do you hear us where do you hear about us which i think is you know uh, <laughs> is the the worst way to measure right so, but how do you guys go about it so there are two ways that we measure primarily one is uh, on a quarterly basis we run a survey mm-hmm. uh, it's not on email but we actually call up a random set of uh, hundreds of customers and then figure out everything about our process what went well what went wrong uh, what can we improve and then we also ask them who told you about us and we actually try to find out the name of the person which city was it a brother in law was it a grandfather was it an uncle very weird answers you get uh, we in tier 2 towns for example we hear a lot about societies mm-hmm. so if a person in a society uh, gets it and they have a delightful unboxing experience where the mattress comes in a small box and they unbox it and it fluffs up they come they tend to invite customers neighbors home for chai coffee and say that this is a cool thing that i bought online so that was a very beha- uh, strong behavior that we saw in tier 2 towns in tier 1 uh, we saw that a lot of the referrals were happening in office circles Uh, the colleague would buy in their team and they would rave about it or they would say hey i got this this is how it came in a nice package or 
this is how my daughter is now sleeping very well after this and yeah. some conversation would come and then that is what has led to the referral uh, that is the first thing that we do uh, the second thing that we do is to track and do analytics on our own database a lot of the times the pin code based analysis uh, and apartment name based analysis throws up a lot of coincidences and lot of similarities in where they have been, where multiple customers have bought so when you see those concentrations in specific apartment blocks specific pin codes and we call up those customers we see that this is completely led through word of mouth uh, both of these uh, we have observed that it varies anywhere between 28 to 35% of direct referrals and about 60% of indirect referrals where they read a verified review mm. uh, you know a trusted platform not ours it could be a youtube it could be an amazon uh, it could be a google where nobody is incentivized them the fraud detection algorithms are extremely robust they know that we couldn't have gamed it nobody else could have gamed it uh, so that is an indirect referral so about 30% of direct about 30% of direct referral and the rest comes from other ad spends performance marketing brand campaigns all of those so 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 from what i what i could really hear is that uh, customer service is one of your you know key strength slash differentiation uh, do you see a lot of indian companies focusing on customer service in general uh, especially startups when we started off in 2015 the bar was so low that anything we did was nice hmm. uh, customers would just appreciate one call saying that are bhai this guy called me exactly after i've given him the money and i've got the product he still bothered about me uh, so the bar was so low that people started appreciating that uh, but now we've set up a playbook by product for a fusion bed the approach and what we want to learn from the customer is very different from a mattress which is very different from a pillow which is very different from a bed sheet or a comforter um, so we have understood what they want what their concerns are for example in a bed sheet people are worried about how soft it will be after a wash uh, or women are worried about how the color will run out after three washes uh, in a pillow people worry about whether it will flatten out or not Uh, so we know the pain points so our whole conversation is based on that um, so to answer your question on customer service we we do not have that's our largest team we call it the customer delight team but we do not have a script we do not have them running like automatons we mm-hmm. told them your people you have names you are representing wickfit you are not a quote unquote agent of the company yeah you're free you don't have a script you do what you are empowered to do to de- delight the customer and that will bring you on the product so the conversations that you need to have with customers is around sleep is around spinal posture is around material is about not about why the order was delayed what is the docket number i'm dealing with the escalation so your conversation has to be elevated so yeah. it comes from knowledge and it comes from autonomy to do whatever is good for the customer Uh, those are the two pillars of why our customer service is so good how do you hire people it's the same channels uh, started off we were literally begging people to join us they did not know who we were uh, we did not have a office we were operating out of the factory for the longest time um, and we didn't have an office in town we had to convince people saying that boys this is a this is a very sincere earnest company built by two middle class people and if nothing else will take care of your salaries there's no 
random blowing up of money or anything that is funny happening here so that was how we started and all of those people have remained loyal to us for these 4 years they've all remained with us the earliest tech member the earliest customer experience team members the earliest marketing team members they've all remained with us um so the way to hire was the same initially it was uh, online posting channels uh, recruitment agencies literally anything but as we grow and build this reputation now we literally do all of our hiring through referrals okay okay over 95% so it's self selection people call who they know will align with the vetted dna and then we go through two three levels of interviews and a test and ensure that the bar is set high from a customer centricity perspective not from any other hazy vague yeah. uh, kind of a norm and then we give them the knowledge intensive training session on all the products and then we give them the freedom to operate according to the customer's needs so uh, you started as a mattress company now you are you know basically uh, doing a bunch of new products uh, how do you go about figuring out what customers need and then you know finding a product market fit for all, in each of these because uh, you know uh, in a software world it's fairly easy to do iterations right, right? Uh, but in this world i i believe it's it, it's pretty complicated so what's your iteration cycle like and how do you even go about uh, doing these surveys you know i think the everybody who walks into the factory they first call and say bhai please lie down on this uh, <laughs> there is always a set of forms a set of fabrics a set of pillows always under trial Uh, nice. We come and see trial number twelve. This is the composition. This is the firmness. Trial number thirteen. This has this cool cooling effect. Trial number fourteen. This is a new material we have tried. Uh, fabric again the same thing. One wash, two wash, three wash, four wash. Different types of thread counts. Different types of materials. And it's always an ongoing process. And like you rightly said, there is no such thing as I will find a problem of the customer and then I will sit in a lab in isolation and solve it. The just like in the product tech world uh, the product in the physical world also works the same way because we came from a tech background we have built it that way where there's constantly a bunch of features or versions under trial they're always under testing they're always under we have a 30 member think tank within the company and anything new we are the guinea pigs so we try we give feedback make it better then we launch to a very close set of very strong advocates of the brand once that is tested we launch to the larger world mm. so constant ongoing process uh, but because it's a structured process like this it is not an indefinitely long iteration cycle uh, so at any point in time we have five six versions of every product and testing whatever gets better long gets launched next week and then that cycle goes through again our flagship mattress is in the 16th version as of now um so which means every 3 or 4 months we have made it better since we started that's interesting uh, how about pricing uh, is is that one of the core differentiation differentiation area for you i mean in terms of the fact that uh, uh traditional companies uh, there's a huge margin they have you know because of the channel that they go, go through right so uh, how have you disrupted that or in general what has been the thought process behind pricing i think our thought process has not been to look at traditional companies in the same sectors mm-hmm. or to look at comparable online firms 
because we are by far the largest in the direct to consumer sleep space in india um, so we have always taken the approach of saying how do we make things as affordable as possible to the largest portion of india possible uh, and that comes from a place where we say that largest number of people in our company are earning 25 30 35 40 45 000 rupees at the entry level when such a person should be able to afford it a security guard should be able to afford it why should a great quality memory foam or a bed sheet or a comfort comfort or be available only to somebody who earns 1 lakh or more yeah that uh, honestly it comes from something that we grew up in middle class but secondly it also comes from ambition if you always remain a very premium niche product here we are looking at say 1 or 2% of india but if you say that i have the ambition to let reach out to the larger part of india and make them sleep better mm-hmm. uh, suddenly the lens with which you look at pricing becomes very different yeah yeah so lens becomes can I, it's an infrequent purchase people are not going to make an impulsive purchase it's a well researched product purchase knowing all of these things i need to make money on every single transaction yet i need to make enough of an impact that they come back for all of the other products that we are selling right so given that it should be attractive enough but at the same time profitable for me um and then every single thing is a brutal price cut you have to be frugal you have to save every penny everywhere across the company and make sure that you look at it and say i will pass this on to my consumer rather than waste it here um so that ankit and i have always been in agreement with um saying that make it affordable reach out to a larger part of india because that is where ultimately your scale lies you need to satisfy those indians everywhere across the country so how do you build trust when it comes to scale because you know uh, i mean one one option is you are spending a lot of money on ads and you know get a brand ambassador things like that versus actually you know people saying okay this is from big fit i've heard this brand you know so how do you, how have you guys you know gone about building the notion of trust um as you said a direct to consumer brand uh, literally everything about you is out there in social media yeah online platforms uh, and there is no hiding from it so i always say that as a direct to consumer brand make very public promises and stick mm-hmm. yeah yeah so when we made a promise of a 100 day trial when we made a promise of a 10 year warranty when we make a promise that it will be of this thread count or this kind of density of foam we stick to it so you will definitely when you go we are uh, having about 20 25000 reviews online if you look at everything uh, we are at 4.7 on 5 4.8 on 5 depending on the platform you will find negative reviews about us but those negative reviews will tell you that hey they did not like this product it did not suit my body it did not uh, i my wife did not like it i liked it you will find all of those but you will not find a review which will say these guys lied to me about the warranty right lied to me about the trial period when i went back for my trial they they did not take it back and the only way to build trust is to make these promises and very simple promises to make hidden terms and conditions fine yeah, yeah. Okay. simple promises and then make sure you stick to them without fail um and then the customers automatically talk we cannot afford brand ambassadors we cannot afford 
large campaigns across all the country uh, so this is the best way to solve it and it's completely in our hands so talking about campaigns uh, let's talk about the whole uh, internship campaign that you guys ran so so would love to know what was the thought process what were the end results and uh, you know uh, what really went inside that because i think it was quite quite a clever campaign thank you uh, so we like i said we didn't have too much uh, money to spend so we knew money was not going to be the answer it had to be the power of the idea so 2018 we experimented with a campaign called one india one week fit uh, because we have only two mattress types we said lot of people used to ask us are how can one mattress or two mattresses work for 1.2 billion indians we used to tell them r&d has gone in return rates are so low but people would still have their doubts so we created this campaign and said we will create this campaign where people can send messages of unity to prime minister modi from across the country and we would send these messages along with a mattress to the prime minister and we sourced thousands of messages and we shipped the mattress to the prime minister's home <clears throat> so in 2018 that got us nearly 60 70 newspaper articles and that courage to say are it's the power of idea you really can break through the clutter Um, so last year when we were brainstorming with our uh, creative agency uh, spring marketing capital and we were like ideating on what else we could do we said the three pillars of health are fitness nutrition and sleep fitness it's very easy to glamorize you can show a nice looking athlete you can show a nice looking yeah, actor yeah. working out uh, showing the results all of those food you can make it glamorous with food photography nice videos bus feed tasty uh master chef you can make it glamorous and you can yeah. get to watch it but sleep is very hard to depict it's very hard to build it into people's conversations it's very hard to say make it a part of your day to day conversations uh, so those debates led to the fact that we are trying to celebrate people who value sleep in this day and age when everybody is distracted through the day everybody's uh, attention spans are gone and everybody is sacrificing sleep for everything else that's the first casualty so we said how do we celebrate such people even our prime minister even the film stars even the business icons they all say i am successful because i work only for i sleep only for 4 hours right the rest of the time i am working that's the narrative so we said if we have to change that we have to celebrate people who value sleep and how better to celebrate than to pay them to sleep uh, it started off as a joke uh, but then we went seriously about it Uh, we ran that campaign, got 1.7 lakh applications. Wow! <laughs> it became the most applied to job on LinkedIn, and platform that we listed on. Uh, we finally, after three rounds of interviews and celebrity judges' ka rounds, we chose 23 interns, 21 India, one from US, and one from Slovenia. And all of them are in their 100 days now, uh, where they're getting expert advice from fitness experts, nutrition coaches. home makeover experts psychologists anything that will make their quality of sleep better from what it was already these are people who already value sleep can yeah. make it better from there and prove it to the rest of india through their content saying that their their life is truly getting better because they value it uh, so that we came and each of these 23 people is getting one lakh each uh, and then they got our products for free on top and <laughs> they're celebrating uh, sleep as we speak Nice. <laughs> so, as a as a founder, uh, what has been your some of your key you know learnings over the last few years? Uh, you had a failed startup, then you know, two failed startups, uh, then 
you went through this, then you raised funding as well, right? Uh, and fundraising for a product like this, when everybody is just trying to add a .ai domain, <laughs> for the for the heck of it, I don't mean to <laughs> make fun of anyone, but uh, in such a scenario, uh, how do you go about raising money? And you know, so as a founder, how have you evolved? Um, we both like to say that everything we are is because of Ankit's one startup and my two startups where we learned, and that taught us a few things. Uh, the first thing is. Uh, always listen to your consumers and use that in whatever you do. Second thing is always de-risk from every single part possible. You should not depend only on Google or Facebook or Quora or something else for traffic. You should always have traffic coming from multiple places. Marketplaces, you cannot be present only on an Amazon or a Flipkart or a Pepperfly. You have to be present everywhere. Uh, and you need to constantly de-risk and keep building your own merit. People should recognize you for who you are over a period of time. So that is the second big lesson. That be risk and build your own reputation. Because that stands. The third thing is, we said, we will always stand at the mercy of our customers. But we will not stand at the mercy of investors. At any point in time. So whenever we have to make a decision, that is one definite lens that we are going to use. So... We use the capital only for accelerating something that we have already found as a solution. Right. Money is not the answer to any problem that we face. That is a big thing that we've learned. Uh, the first answer is to find the solution through hard work and then amplify it through money. Money can never be a defensible mode because somebody else will come and raise something more. Yes. yes. Those are three big things that we have learned. And we went about uh, raising funds. Uh, as a direct-to-consumer brand, the biggest benefit was an analyst or an associate or a partner would have bought our product. Uh, mm -hmm. they in the calls that they're getting, the messages that they're getting, and then they would reach out to us. Uh, so, for three years, we bootstrapped. Uh, we said we'll focus on the fundamentals. We will take investor meetings, but we will not go and spend proactive time. That's what we told ourselves. And then, at the end of three years, we raised from Sequoia Capital. Uh, till now, we have met about 39 different investors. And... Like they say, it takes only one yes to validate your idea. Um, so, fortunate to have good support system where they know why we are building this and they know what kind of time horizon and patient company building we are doing. Uh, that kind of a supportive thing as of now. So, we value that having as partners. Very interesting. Uh, so, uh, so I'm, I'm asking a couple of questions from the community. So, one is, uh, how, how do you view other mattress-centric startups around the world and there are quite a few D2C startups globally, you know, anything that has caught your eye and uh, something which you believe is disruptive. Right. Uh, definitely the US Casper's story of uh, how they grew, how they tried to go IPO, the uh, share prices, what the market said, that has, that has been a really good eye-opener. But worldwide in Australia, UK, um, bunch of European countries, a lot of these mattress companies have sprung up. Uh, but a big, big learning from us, uh, actually two learnings. Number one, you backward integrate and have your own R&D and manufacturing. You cannot be just a brand owner because that is not a differentiator enough. So this we took a call without the knowledge. Uh, we accidentally took a call because we just believed in having a good cost structure 
that was our original idea of why we started manufacturing uh, but that has turned out to be a big differentiator and that i see as a value uh, which means you have to have your own in house r and d you have to have your own iterations trials pilots going on and you have to have your own manufacturing otherwise if you are just a brand somebody can come and either outspend you or think more creatively over you yeah. you won't have that kind of an innovation and cost control so that has been a big learning second big learning for us has been all of those companies were online mattress companies mm. but we moved away from that uh, we have said mattress is our hero product great but we will complete the portfolio of sleep and bedroom uh, so that means comforters bed sheets uh, mats the shisham wood beds literally everything okay. that is there in the bedroom uh, we would take the same approach of having manufacturing r&d and customer delight and then work hard at it in a sincere way so that has worked uh, worked to us worked to our advantage those are the two big learnings that we've taken from all of those companies worldwide interesting so what's your r&d budget in terms of say overall expense so um, we don't look at it as money uh, mm-hmm. it is very hard to track we look at it as the time and the lab so the lab we have spent a ton of money to set it up uh, and second thing is my co-founder ankit being a co-founder he spends a large chunk of his time on r&d so that is the kind of importance we give it could be even more than 50% of his time going into new product development and r&d so that's the commitment we have from the top down so which means he and the category team and the money we have spent it i would not even put a value on ankit's time uh, because it is so important for us yeah. that we don't say we'll relegate it to some engineer sitting somewhere it has to be from us it has to start with us so it's a lot of money uh, at an annual level uh, but we don't quantify it as a percentage of sales we take it as what is needed for the business at that point in time cool so uh, we'll be wrapping this up so last question uh, as a founder what what would you recommend given that the next 6 months is going to be very very difficult for a lot of founders you know those who have raised money those who have not raised money you know retention everything is going to be a challenge so what would you recommend given that you have been at it for many years uh i think uh, if you you might have a perception that my industry is a little bit secure my sector may not be impacted or it might be get impacted slightly later but the first thing to realize first and foremost is that your industry will also be impacted by the ripples coming from there irrespective of what you are doing uh so buckle up and conserve your cash conserve your runway and be as much as possible the masters of your own destiny in terms of survival second thing is to always always treat people with respect uh in a worst case scenario you might have to let go of people you might have to make cuts you might initially start off with cancelling your offers then reducing this uh, pay of existing employees then letting go of people anything that you do be transparent and be respectful Uh, because how you treat the people now can define whether you come out of this as a loyal kicked yeah, off yeah. team which is raring to go or a completely disillusioned sad team which completely hates your company so it it depends on that and the third big thing is to ensure that even at this point in time whether you're b2b b2b2c or b2c uh, make sure you add value to your customers life because they will in that case always value you and come back to you later 
I think these are the three things I would say. Awesome, awesome. Cool. Great having you, Chaitanya. And uh, wishing you all the best. Thank you, Ashish. Thanks for having me. I hope it was useful to share my journey.